Mid-level providers are much-needed clinicians that help to fill the gap in healthcare coverage issues across the country. Today's editorial interview will focus on the importance and role of the mid-level provider, particularly within the subspecialty of cardiology. You are listening to Reach MD, and welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. And I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen, adjunct assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology and practicing OBGYN hospitalist. Our guest today is Dr. Patrick Washington, a board-certified nurse practitioner in family medicine. Dr. Washington also has work experience that resides primarily in critical care medicine, but he also specializes in both internal medicine and cardiology. Dr. Patrick Washington, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Dr. Allen, for having me. Okay, Dr. Washington, let's start this interview off. I'm going to ask you if you can give the ReachMD listeners a brief overview of your educational and professional background. Believe it or not, I started off as a paramedic for quite some time before deciding to pursue a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing back in 1993. From that, I worked many years as a registered nurse in the field of critical care medicine, as well as in the emergency department. At that time, I decided to go back and pursue a degree in healthcare administration, and I received a master's of business administration with a concentration in healthcare administration. And from there, I did a lot of extensive work in the administrative realm of the hospital, directing nursing care, overseeing operations for several different hospitals, where I decided to go back and, and, and pursue my dream of uh, practicing medicine and getting back to patient care. Back in 2007, I graduated from Kennesaw State University with a master's in nursing, which was concentration as a nurse practitioner. I took the family nurse practitioner examination and completed that in family practice medicine. I went on in 2009 to attend a very prominent osteopathic medicine school, A.T. Steele University, where I completed a doctorate degree in health education. Currently, I practice as a cardiology nocturnal hospitalist, seeing a variety of patients. I've also had practice in an acute care setting in nephrology, internal medicine, and I'm actually assistant clinical professor at Georgia State University where I teach in a nurse practitioner program. All right. Thank you, Dr. Washington, for that overview of your background. Um, Let's move on. I'd like you to tell me a little bit about the educational requirements for a mid-level provider. Well, that's interesting. It's it's important to know that there are a difference between the actual physician assistant and also a nurse practitioner where a nurse practitioner attends nursing school, a physician assistant attends a medical school. So it's a little bit of a different model. And one of the things we do focus on the holistic care as nurse practitioners, our curriculum is based a little bit different. We actually rotate into several different areas, but our primary focus is on taking care of the whole family and specifically not dividing it into subspecialty while you're in school. Once you graduate from school, the unique thing about being a nurse practitioner is you have the opportunity to have specialization because of the broad range of education you've received. Uh, You have an opportunity to specialize in a lot of different fields that may be difficult for, let's say, the physician assistants because you have a lot of more independence and you're allowed to practice without the supervision of a physician. So as a nurse practitioner, you take four years of a bachelor degree in nursing, and then you have to go an additional two years for your nurse practitioner. At that time, you are required to have about 500 to 600 clinical hours in OBGYN, family medicine, adult medicine, and psychiatry. 
specializing in cardiology, what does that entail for a nurse practitioner? Does that require additional training? Absolutely. Once you've completed your rotation, whether it's in adult medicine or you've taken your certification exam, and you decide to enter into the field of cardiology, that requires another 90 days of specific training. The trainers is usually overseen by board-certified cardiologists who will take you under his or her wing, and you have about 120 hours of rotation that you do with that cardiologist. At my particular practice, we're on at least three to four months along with either a colleague who has already completed a rotation or with a board-certified cardiologist. At that time, you cover all of the major disease states that we see often in cardiology, congestive heart failure, dysrhythmias, myocardial infarctions, ischemic cardiomyopathy, all of the major differentials that we see often in cardiology. And so after that, you're finally given your with graduation papers after about uh, four to five months and all once the cardiologist feels like you've mastered the scope of practice and mastered the curriculum for that particular position you're going for. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. And with me today, it is my pleasure to be speaking with Dr. Patrick Washington, a board-certified nurse practitioner specializing in family medicine, internal medicine, and cardiology. Dr. Washington, how does your role as a nurse practitioner differ from that of a physician assistant? The nurse follows a more patient-centered model in which they focus on disease prevention and health education, and as well as handle assessment, diagnosis, and treatments. Physician assistants generally follow a disease-centered model in which they focus on the biologic and pathological components of healthcare as well as are involved in assessment, diagnosis, and treatments. One of the big major differences is that a physician assistant needs constant supervision by the physician. They cannot work independently. It has to be under the supervision of a physician, whereas nurse practitioners can generally work alone and in um, almost 21 states do function independently and, and do have a full practice standards as far as practice in medicine. You know, we do a variety of things that physician assistants are unable to do. Just a couple of examples of some of the things that we may do that they don't. Nurse practitioners, for example, have the ability to perform consultations and treatments in, in emergency departments. They have the ability to authorize durable medical equipment. They have the ability to certify disability. They can now pronounce in certain areas. Nurse practitioners can sign DMV physical exams. They can do all types of physician certifications. One of the things I'm doing right now is taking my certified medical examiner so that I can perform DOT physicals. And some of those things just cannot be done by a physician assistant. Wow. Thank you for that overview. Very comprehensive. So let's talk a little bit about your training. Was there a specific focus on inpatient versus outpatient care? Yeah. um, We're right now, uh, as I talked about earlier, I primarily focus inpatient. When you graduate from a certified nurse practitioner program, there is no specific certification exam that you take for inpatient versus outpatient. There is an exam called acute care nurse practitioners where we see where nurse practitioners will specialize in only inpatient procedures and, and they're taking care of acute care patients. But in terms of whether or not a nurse practitioner goes into inpatient versus outpatient, it's strictly a decision made by that provider who decides to go in that specific area. Once you do select to go into inpatient care, there is a loan orientation program that you must endure 
that covers laboratories and inpatient procedures and things that you would do inpatient versus outpatient, but there's no specific certification that separates you from inpatient versus outpatient. With regards to your specific role as a cardiology nurse practitioner hospitalist, could you take a moment to just discuss your autonomy and what tasks can you perform on your own and what tasks require physician oversight? It has really changed over the years. You will now see that most of the acute care, critical care programs are inpatient and generally run by the nurse practitioners. I oversee the entire cardiology department at night, so I am able to admit, consult, and treat any patient. I'm also responsible and lead the cardiac arrest team at our hospital and is responsible for responding to all our cardiac arrest patients at night. Some of the procedures I have performed is placing central lines, removing uh, balloon pump catheters, defibrillation and cardioversion, all of those invasive cardiac procedures that I do independently. The only procedures that generally I cannot perform are invasive left heart catheterizations or invasive ischemic evaluations. Those are done by a trained cardiology intensivist. But in terms of pacemaker adjustments, in terms of operating a swan gas catheter and ensuring appropriate PA pressures and hemodynamic stability, we're able to perform all of those. Once we are brought onto the medical staff, we are credentialed in a way and we're asked whether or not we can perform these procedures. And if you've had the proper training, which I've had in a number of certification course and not only didactic training, but theory training, you can go ahead and perform them. Okay, Dr. Washington, I didn't realize that there was such a broad range of procedures that you could practice and perform autonomously. So thank you for that detailed overview. So let's just make this a little bit personal then. What is the most satisfying part of your role that you have right now? And how would you like to see that role expanded? We have a a number of barriers that we, especially in the state of Georgia, we have a number of barriers that we we still have in front of us. A lot of them are physician-driven. There are some national associations, American Medical Association, that still feel that physicians go through a very rigorous training and residency, which I totally agree, and should be still the, the primary responsible person for managing the care. And I also still agree with that. But it doesn't uh, exclude the fact that we can give safe, prudent, and responsible care. I think one of the most satisfying uh, things in some of the research to show is that nurse practitioners in the independent setting and, and in the outpatient setting have actually higher patient satisfaction scores because we we tend to spend a little bit more time with the patient. We we tend to focus on the patient as a whole, which is part of what we're taught in, as a part of our model. And I think one of the greatest joys I get is to see a patient uh, when they're acutely ill and very nervous and, and being able to be there and give them the support and just to see them walk out of the hospital and, and feel like I had a part in, in making sure that that patient had a great outcome. So that has been very satisfying for me over the years. In these final brief moments of the interview, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to address with our ReachMD listeners? I'm certainly interested in seeing how our role will expand and will we be able to adopt uh, more standardized procedures on our own. I'm hoping that we form a good collaboration with physicians and, and hoping that we can work together. I know with the healthcare shortage and health reform, there is certainly a shortage of primary care providers. And I think mid-level providers just fit that niche where we can come in and just assist in being part of the whole team and and try interdisciplinary care as opposed to 
just being the one providing the care. We can work with the physician, the physical therapist, the respiratory therapist, in providing excellent patient care that will produce acceptable and exceptional outcomes. Many thanks to Dr. Patrick Washington for providing our ReachMD listeners education on the role and importance of mid-level providers, particularly within the subspecialty of cardiology. Dr. Washington, thank you once again. Thank you, Dr. Allen. I am your host, Dr. Renee Allen. To download this podcast and others in this series, please visit ReachMD.com. We encourage you to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you for listening to ReachMD. Be part of the knowledge.